It's go time. Previously on Third Down Gamble. As much as I'd love to see the CFL get going with something, gigantic bubble scares me because it could all come crashing down so quickly. Well, a lot of yard work, a lot of rain up here. Holy, we had rain. Like they're talking, I think overall, I think they're talking that we've had more than average already in June and we still have a few days left. From my perspective, being so dry in May and June, I'm actually, we head into July here, we're finally getting rain, which is awesome. My grass is green. It's not yellow anymore. It's, It's actually growing again. I actually fertilized it a couple days ago. So we'll, so we'll see if this rain has helped it. I'm, I'm hopeful that it does. Well, I hope so too. Our garden is jumping. It's been a godsend. After our hail, my garden actually is, is bouncing back a little bit. So it's, uh, you know, some of these tomatoes I thought weren't going to make it. They seem to be all right. Things are standing back up. Uh, lots of damage on, on the plants, but hey, I think we're still going to have a garden. It was early enough. That's a good thing. It was interesting. I don't know if I re- recounted this on this podcast or not. But uh, you're supposed to harden your plants when you bring them up from the basement. So I was doing that, but I got caught out by a very, very cold night. And even though I moved the plants into the garage, they may not have been warm enough. And so I lost my my tomatoes right down to the ground, pretty much. Gave up on most of them, and I left two behind just to see what would happen. Well, about a month later, the one just decided, hey, it's go time again. And it's gone crazy. And the other one is now starting to perk up again i never would have thought it because it was basically nothing more than just a little i want to call it a twig but it obviously wasn't it was what's left of the stem just barely sticking above the ground you know what that's awesome though the plants and the nature it's pretty resilient so it's a it's a good thing fair enough well let's get talking a little bit about some of the things going on um, the league going there were pay cuts for a number of uh, central office personnel the commissioner league office team presidents the, we also saw it across the board with general managers coaches and the operations all 20 to 30 percent cuts person really lamenting this seems to be craig dickinson head coach of the saskatchewan rough riders mm-hmm. and i'm not so surprised but uh does have a point in one sense this is again if you're going to put it in the broader context of overall revisiting the whole idea of what the uh, team budgets are going to be from here on forward if they're going to be much more in tune with trying to be profitable then everything's on the table in the case of taking these cuts as we've said before i mean everyone's got to do their part players are likely to be taking cuts if they (laughs) if they don't get paid this year if they don't play at all if the Teams start with a great big debt at the beginning of the next season. They're going to need to make some cuts, and they're going to need to make this league as financially viable as they can, as quick as they can. So, you know, while, while I hear what Craig Dickinson's saying, everyone's willing to do their part for a short period of time, uh, and I guess we'll all be doing that, you know, across Canada too. I think we're, we've got to make some payments and, you know, pay things back in terms of the debt. But uh, hopefully there is a light at the end of the tunnel too, and, and things will get solvent again and, and they can get back to the remuneration that they had before. There is always a light at the end of the tunnel. The The bigger thing, I think, when you think of the CFL and the cuts is that if you don't want cuts, then you've got to grow the revenue side. Yes. And 2.0 was the first attempt to get that going, bringing in other leagues, 
having some revenue come from them, generating a larger worldwide audience. Once COVID is done, the league is back and running. 3.0, do you start looking at different types of corporate sponsorships, different types of corporate partnerships that would enable you to pay more to your players, your coaches, and still be very, very viable in the long run in terms of profitability, or at least break even on a given season, even if you have a bad one. I think the idea of corporate sponsorship, Don, is a great idea, but I, I think they've already tried to explore that. And my concern more so would be that corporations themselves have taken big hits in the past uh, COVID situation, I guess. And so are they going to have the, the financials to be able to put it out into something? I mean, I think it would be a great move on the CFL, and I think it would be a great move on corporations to step forward and help support things that, that are Canadian in, in the values, and, and uh, that's going to help them, I think, but I'm not sure that they will have a lot of expendable money in the next little while. Well, maybe not in the very short term, but I think as they sort of open the doors, I think you're going to see corporations want to get going again and want to maximize their profitability. And certainly uh, allying yourself with the Canadian Football League is is a viable way of doing that. Yeah, it's a goodwill gesture in one sense, but it's also you're, you're putting your brand out there with something that is well-recognized. So I don't think it's going to be as delayed or protracted as maybe you're hinting at. I think that there there are going to be a group of companies that are ready to go, like even with COVID and every, everything that's happened. CP has been a longtime sponsor of the Canadian Football League. I'm sure that once COVID is over, they'll be right back. Uh, you could look at uh, other, perhaps, hotel or travel chains or something like that, people that need to get going. They have to get going. And the only way you're going to do that is by spreading the word. I, I don't disagree, Don. I think there's going to be people that will step up. I, I guess the question would be, can you move forward into that CFL 3.0 where you're not relying on the gate revenues that, that the league has traditionally relied on? I mean, that, that, that certainly, I think, has to be part of the business model moving forward. Let's diversify. Let's have income coming from other areas because this may or may not be something that's solved quickly, and it certainly could happen again. So I think having broader diversity in terms of where your funding comes from would, would certainly benefit the league. If you're going to look at diversity and you're going to look at revenues from the gate, so it, it's kind of like the rainy day philosophy. If you get a rainy day and you know attendance is going to be down, your season tickets are certainly going to be paid for, but the walk-up is going to be down. This is where you need other revenue streams to help offset those rainy days. And if, you, if you're creative in that and if you embrace some new ideas, I think the money will be available. I, I, I don't see business just pulling the plug on everything once COVID's over and saying, no, we got to retrench. I just don't see that. That's not what's going to get the economy going. So if you want to find a way out, you're going to have to look at new alternatives. And the CFL could find some new revenue sources from companies helping the CFL in one sense get back on its feet, but also help them get back on their feet. Any kind of organization that brings people together i mean that's going to be the, the need that's going to come at some point in time is how do people feel safe coming together so i think having some big corporations step behind we bring canadians together well what better to bring canadians together other than the athletics 
across Canada. For us, we talk about CFL football, but it's NHL, the major leagues, NBA in certain zones and soccer in certain zones as well, but none of them go across Canada in the way that the CFL does. The, the only place I, I guess the NHL may come close, right? But, but outside of that, there really isn't. NHL is also in a limited number of places where the CFL, if it can expand into Atlantic Canada, the only league that truly, I think, is, is coast to coast at the major league level. That hopefully will be the case once COVID's over and once the schooners get their funding and the stadium built. And because I think that would be just in terms of excitement, in terms of scheduling, in terms of building the brand, having a coast to coast league is, is so very, very important. Absolutely. Let's hope we can get there soon. Well, I think we can. It, it's just, it's more than just trusting that it'll happen. You have to sort of roll up the sleeves and, and get out there and do it. You bet. Second down. Do you think you're a CFL expert? We're about to find out. It's trivia time. And with that sweet voice, we are back to trivia. Woohoo! You like to do that woohoo every episode, don't you? I do. I do it. Hey, I, I, I like is trivia. That, is that a genuine excitement? I'm having fun at this, so yes, it is. Because I've been getting grief that these questions are too tough on you. No, I should have done much better last week. I, you know what? It's it's fun to learn something new. And, uh, you know, I think we've had some listeners who have said they've got four out of four as they listened along last week. So that's a good thing, Don. For them or for us? <laughs> well, you know what? I, I wish it was me. Let's say that. <laughs> Not the listeners. But I'm going to have to uh, be able to phone a friend, maybe. Yeah, you could. But you've only got a few seconds to do it. <laughs> that's true. I'd run out of time pause this whole thing and leave me in a time warp then you can extend it <laughs> anyway okay enough of that let's go let's do it let's go all right here we go question one. Oh, you're gonna love this one prior to the modern era canadian university football teams competed for the gray cup when did this end a 1937 b 1939 c 1940 or D, 1944. Oh my goodness. Can you repeat those again? A was? 37. 37. B yeah. was 1939. C was 1940. D, 1944. Oh my goodness. I, you know, I'm only guessing, but I'm going to say it was during wartime era. So I'm going to go D. 44, and it's truly a guess. Sadly, the guess was wrong. Mm. In 1937, university teams were allowed to compete, but bowed out before the season started. Okay. Hey, it was a, it was a guess for me. 25% chance, I guess, as it works out. Yep. And, it, and I try not to do the answer is always C bit, so just... Well, that's why I went D. <laughs> 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 and it still didn't work <laughs> question two watch all the others are going to be a C aren't they you're setting me up here maybe <laughs> question two the BC Lions football club colors burnt orange and black were chosen because A. Hmm. 
The Vancouver Millionaires Pacific Coast Hockey League team wore those colors. B, the Vancouver Marilomas rugby team wore those colors. C, the CRU mandated that the Lions choose a color combination not currently in use in the league. D, the first owners of the Lions were the Smith brothers who owned an automobile dealership using those colors as their branding. Hmm, I, I like the question. So CRU stands for? Canadian Rugby Union. It's the forerunner of the CFL. Okay, I don't know if it was A or B where it talked about being with the rugby team, the former colors of the rugby. A was the Millionaires hockey team and B was the Marilomas rugby team. I'm going to go with the rugby team and see if it would, although the hockey might make better sense. Okay, I'm going to switch right on the spot. Let's go with the hockey team, see if they could come up with the same colors as the hockey team, A. And the answer is B. Oh, darn. I should have stayed you with the You had it. You absolutely had it. I had it, and, and I walked away. Oh, so close. Japers. I was thinking, ah, oh, you know, that makes a lot of sense, but then I thought, well, maybe it doesn't because, well, I, was, I almost had it done. I was that cl- I was that close. The Marilomas still exist. Huh. The Marilomas still compete. Wow. And they still wear those colors. If I followed rugby, I might have known that. <laughs> Which I don't. <laughs> Although it's a great sport. Oh, you were close though. Oh, I thought you had that one. All right. Question three. The Winnipeg Football Club team nickname prior to 1936 was known as A. Tobins, B, Chaffs, C, Pegs, D, Rowing Club. I think I know the answer to this one. I'm going to go with, which one was Pegs, C? Yes. Pegs, C. You're sure you're not going to do the infamous switch? No, I'm not switching on this one. I'm holding, even though you said it's not always C. I'm taking C this time and I'm holding. So I hope I'm right. You are correct. Woo! Shortened form of the name Winnipeg, they were called the Pegs. Good on you. I, I, I don't know why I knew that, but hey, that's good. I got, at least I'm, I'm, I've gotten one of four so far. <laughs> Let's see if I can make it two. Remember last week, you were 0 for 2 on the first, and you swept the finals. I was. I finished strong. Yeah. Yep, I need that again. I think again. you were 8 of 20 coming in tonight, so. Oh, thanks for that. Oh, I, it, wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't to put you down. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey I, I, I've actually gone up from the 30% I was for the first little bit. So, hey, we're, we're creeping upwards. Now, onward and upward. This was going to be a fun one. Okay. Question four. Which of the following quarterbacks was not traded to the Toronto Argonauts? Repeat, not traded. A, Michael Bishop. Okay. B, Kerry Joseph. C, Jackie Parker, or D, Damon Allen? Ooh. Was not traded, meaning they started their career then? Or came there via free agency? I think I'm going to go D, Damon Allen. Alrighty. And the answer is A, Michael Bishop. Signed as a free agent. Wow. See, Kerry Joseph was traded from Saskatchewan. Hmm. Jackie Parker traded from Edmonton. Damon Allen traded from British Columbia. Wow. Okay. Michael Bishop, of all the ones, I, I for some reason I thought he would have been traded. I knew he was traded from there. I think he was in the arena leagues prior to joining the Argonauts. Hmm. And so that's why there was no trade involved. 
Yeah. Well, I did not finish as strong this week as I had previously. But... Oh, so close, and yet so far. I should have been two of four if I would not have uh, doubted my answer. That's true. Well, if there's anything in life, right, go with your instinct. Yep. Well, I just... Uh, life lessons to be learned on this podcast. That's scary. Should have gone with instinct, but instead today we just stink. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, for proper physical distancing, if you're close enough to shake hands, you're too close. The recommended distance in CFL terms is two yards. Don't get a no yards penalty. Make sure you stay back at least two yards to maintain proper physical distancing. Third down. When you think there's going to be a slow week in the Canadian Football League, David Braley comes out of nowhere and makes a comment that just drove me insane. That, that's not unexpected, is it, Don? I mean, David Braley's always going to come out of nowhere and give you a comment that will make many people think. But uh, in this case, Braley is uh, questioning whether or not the CFL can play at all without uh, having fans in the stands in B.C., is his point. And before we go too far, Superfan Mike from the Eskimo Empire podcast is with us. Hey, Superfan. How's it going, guys? Woohoo! Really good. How about you? Uh, not so bad. You know, it's uh, just another day in, in COVID paradise, but uh, <laughs> otherwise we all cope and everyone's in this together. So uh, just a little more extra time to read about football. Absolutely. That's about all we're doing in football right now. <laughs> Some reading. <laughs> you just got to live in the past sometimes. That's kind of my specialty anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I've uh, been doing some of the trivia questions you've sent Don's way. Some great questions there. Appreciate those. <laughs> Absolutely. It's always a lot of fun. Sure is. All right. So getting back to Braley. The reason why I went, I felt a little bit, ah, about this was that as far as I was concerned, the CFL was trying to keep it message positive keep it, there's going to be something coming out of this, we're working for the future, we're trying to develop a new business plan. And then it seemed like Braley's comments just pulled the rug right out from underneath them and said, I don't care what you say. Listen, Braley has his own idea of how things are going to work. He's been a successful businessman for years. He's helped support the CFL for a long time. But I don't know if that necessarily means he's right in everything he says, right? Can the CFL play without fans in the stands? Sure. Is it going to require some change in how they do things? Absolutely. And I just think it's maybe a tactic on his part to try and get some more money coming in support from the government, support from the league somewhere uh, without having to spend maybe that much effort to change how they do things. Not only spend that much effort, but also, I mean, he's on the hook as an owner to the, to the players and organization and all those fees. So I think he is trying to pull his fair market share in as an owner um, from all those uh, resources, if indeed they do go with a hub model, which he spoke up against as well, uh, wants to make sure that he has games with fans in the stand so that his organization has that share is what he's talking about. So maybe this is just a, an opportunity for him to, you know, put it out there that, that we need something back. And I, I certainly understand that from an owner's point. You do need some kind of return on investment. You do. I, I can't argue that. But I do get bothered by 
you haven't heard from any other of the owners other than the Rough Riders stating that they're going to lose $10 million if there is no season at all. Right. But they didn't go say, that's it, the CFL's done at the end of the commentary. Brayley comments on TSN 1040 sort of saying, we don't play this year, that's it, we're done, we're out of here. It just seems like it's a bit of an extremist uh, thing. I, I don't know what's going to come out at the end of this. Uh, if we don't have any CFL this year, I still believe there's going to be Canadian football next year. There will be a CFL. We've talked at length about what that could look like. Is it going to be everything shuts down and now we've got, I mean, I was going to say CFL 2.0, but there already is one now. So call it CFL 3.0. I don't know. (laughs) Right. You know, is there going to be like everything's flattened? We rebuild. Is there going to be uh, the same nine teams? Uh, Are they going to just continue on like so many banks have done in the states where they fall down and get reestablished are the contracts going to be the same there's just so much they've got to work on but there still is going to be football there's obviously an appetite for it but i think they just need to change their business model because as we've seen a lot of teams are not making money some are breaking even some are making money but some are are losing millions and millions of dollars every year and that's just not sustainable over the long term and without the league running, if it doesn't go, I think that that's just going to be exacerbated. Is that the right word? You've got much higher levels of debt. And the question is, how does the league organize itself to get out of that debt and get going again? Because I think you're right. There is an appetite for football and Canadian football. And I think that people want to see it. But, but some of the owners may opt out given the loss. I kind of look at the CFL as a nine-team league. Hopefully the schooners get in. We get into a 10-team league. But if you don't have those entities, I don't know what you have at the end of the day. If the Argonauts, the Lions, the Rough Riders, and whomever say, that's it, we're folding, but we're rebranding, and we're going to become something different, do you think that the loyalty will still be there? I would say yes, because when you take a look at Ottawa and Montreal, they've they've both been down at different times, and when they've returned to those cities, people have come out to watch, whether you're talking about the Ottawa Rough Riders, the Renegades, or... Uh, now the Red Blacks, people are, are there and people do want, and I think there is an appetite for CFL football. Of course, what we all would want to CFL fans, but we'll have to wait and see. When the Alouettes came back, they came back as the Alouettes. Right. When they did the Concord experiment in ni- the early 1980s, that failed in a heartbeat. I don't think that you can rebrand as something different. The, the Ottawa situation is unique because, yes, true, Pat, they have been you know, the renegades and in between but the problem with the red blacks naming is that the rough rider said no dice you're not using that name anymore and so if you're going to rebrand you have to have a substantive reason as to why that rebrand had to come together yep yeah um obviously the alouettes did their do the rebrand um ottawa has rebranded a few times it's a tough tough thing to do to change your name and of course, coming from an Eskimos fan, that's uh, very hot right now. Is is more than just throwing up a new logo or a new name on your jerseys or on your stationery. It's a lot of work. And if the come if the cities did fold their teams and come back as different names, it's going to be tough. I mean, you live in Saskatchewan. It's Rider Pride to have to change that name to the the Broncos or some other name that might be have some sort of tug of the heartstrings at least. It's still going to be tough. It's Rider Nation. How do you undo a hundred years of that? Well, 60, 70 years of that. And that's my point exactly. You can't just walk away from what you are sure. and expect people to follow you to a new destination. You have to have a rationale or a raison d'etre. So in my mind, 
rebranding, folding, whatever, just doesn't make any sense. And this is why I took some umbrage with Braley, because I, I think there was an underlying thought that, well, okay, if the league does fold, it can always come back as something else. Well, right. does that necessarily mean that we're going to be going through the gates again because it's something else? Right. Or do we want the Canadian Football League? No, I, I think we do want the league. And my hope, as I said before, is that we are able to continue through this. And David Braley outlining his standings, I mean, you have to realize he's only one of nine, right? So the other eight have to also come to agreement. And I think collectively, and we've talked about this before, collectively the CFL and all the owners and, and partnerships, community organizations have to come to something that's going to work for everyone to be able to move the league through a difficult time. And there's no question it is a difficult time right now with COVID-19. We may or may not be playing. So let, let's hope that collectively we can go and, and we don't get individuals like Braley coming out and putting down this as their line. Because we do see that somewhat with players as well. Uh, this week there's been a number of players asking for a drop-dead date of July 3rd. You know, this is the time we need to know. Again, collectively, all these people have to get together and be on the same page. Well, we've seen DeVaris Daniels mm -hmm. especially tweet out that, hey, I got to know where I'm going. James Wilder Jr. has actually retired. Yeah, but he had a few players that got on behind them and, uh, you know, agreed with his tweet. But again, if, if we have individuals all moving in their own direction, doing what's best for them, I don't think you're going to come to a solution that's going to be in the best interests of all, all parties involved in the CFL. It's, I was just to say, it's got to be tough, though, because you've got nine different cities. Each province might have different rules, like Ontario has got the three uh, teams in it that might have a very different set of rules on when they can have gatherings of larger than 50 or 100 or a thousand people versus Alberta or BC or Saskatchewan who might have completely different rules based on how their COVID experience has been. I don't know how the league as a whole can say yes we're going to start definitively on September 6th not knowing if the, everything's gonna be in place for that to happen. Well, especially, too, if the Americans can't come north of the border. And if that uh, travel ban for non-essential goes to August 21st, sure. where is the CFL left to try to draw together a, a schedule for this year? How are they going to pull it together? Because now, all of a sudden, your window is just closed so much. It, it, you, if you couldn't get here till August 21st, you'd have to get everyone here. You'd have to make sure you've got everything set up for a training camp. They'd have to have a training camp, maybe a preseason game. Or do you go right into a regular season? I don't see how they could have a season starting around Labor Day if they didn't get here till after the 21st of August. And I think Steinauer actually made mention that on, on three down that most likely they're going to have to skip preseason and go right into it if that sort of circumstance comes about. Uh, that'll be tough for sure. That will be. And then that impacts rosters. Mm -hmm. because now how do you cut somebody without playing a game how big of a roster do you want to carry we had discussed last week about roster sizes how many people do you want to bring to camp as you bring more people it exponentiates the covid problem do you finally say okay we're going to have to live with 55 and that's it we're just we're moving forward with 55 for the whole season or do you expand a practice roster to allow more people so that you have in your bubble so that if there are problems, all of a sudden you've got an offensive lineman go down, you've got a guy that can pull in there versus, okay, well, I've lost an offensive lineman. I've got to take a defensive lineman now, move him over, and that's my rest of my season. As we've talked about that before, I think that's the prudent thing to do, expand some things, and we've even thrown out ideas of, of being able to 
have an expanded roster where you've got five or six guys on the sideline who potentially can play. You could activate one or two in a game so you can sure. have some flexibility. And I think, to me, that's the only way you can do this if you're going to jump in very quickly and get things going because you do have to look out for player safety. I think it's important that uh, we understand that if we get in on the 21st of August, you're not going to play by the 6th and have all the safety procedures in place. I don't see that as being possible. What happens if someone gets uh, sick on your team? And they're in that bubble. Well, you've got to have a plan. And Mike brings up a great point because you're looking at baseball right now. And already we've seen some teams with COVID issues. So it immediately raises that specter. And in the NFL, I don't know still, do they plan to go full sked? I haven't heard. I don't think they've made any announcement to that point. And I think maybe at some point they're going to have to do that as well. But uh, I think they're watching these other leagues right now got 10, 12, 14, 16 people that could be all within three yards of the ball. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're going to have to negotiate city by city. I kind of think that's the only way they can do it. The federal government's going to have to give their uh, approval, but then beyond that, then they're going to have to go city by city. If Braley's idea of having 5000 at $50 a ticket is going to work. And quite frankly, I don't see that working. I, I think the idea of being in the bubble is the best way because like you said before, Mike, then you're dealing with only one province's health rules. So you're able to move forward and everyone's on the same page as opposed to having that wide variety. Right. These are unprecedented times and who knows where we will be in September. Let's hope we're watching football. Absolutely. So Mike, thank you so much for coming on and just so that anyone wants to follow you, where can they find you? Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I always love talking with you. And uh, if anyone else wants to uh, get a hold of me, find me at 56Parkies on Twitter, and let's talk some football. Awesome. Thank you for listening to our show. Third Down Gamble is hosted on Podbean. Third Down Gamble can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at Third Down Gamble. That's spelled at T-H-I-R-D-D-O-W-N-G-A-M-B-L-E. Join us again next time. The Third Down Gamble Podcast. Audio. Worth watching. Worth watching.